T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, hi, Mark. Music and we would be going to the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. But because the Bears played Thursday, Mark Grody is in studio with us today on this Saturday, this Saturday suckage, where this show will take you up to the SEC championship game at 2.30. And the, uh, the Bears won. The Bears won their third game in a row. They are... They have unearthed the Mitch, actually the Mitch that you wanted to see and talked about missing since the summer. The one who could run, who could throw on the run, who would extend drives on the run. So, hi, Mark. How about I wanted to be in studio with you guys, not since the Bears played on Thursday. He's in studio on a Saturday. I wanted to be in here with well, we, you, fellows. We appreciate Everybody wants to be wanted. Guys... Yes, so from one of the things in Bourbon A, other than a bevy of kickers going through drills <laughs> since the OTAs, now That's we look right. back and now it's amazing because this is the point in the season where we're looking back and telling you all of the other things that were actually going on mm. during the off-season program. Do share. And then into Bourbon A. And one of the things that you were blinded by was one of the mantras, and this is not a terrible thing that Matt Nagy said, but it didn't work out. And that was to tell Matt Nagy or to tell his quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, and tell the media that we want Mitchell Trubisky, we want to change him. Uh-huh. And basically by saying we want him to be a pass first pocket quarterback, which I get. I get the rough draft of that idea because. That's, you know, the great quarterback. I mean, you think of Tom Brady as the prototype, as the guy who trusts his offensive line, who stands in the pocket. Not that they were necessarily taking the run away from him, but I think that that was the way Mitchell Trubisky looked at it. As in, okay, instead of taking off when I see the 20 yards of green grass in front of me, they would prefer that I look for a last-second playmaker down the field or throw the football away or run out of bounds. I just don't think that Mitchell Trubisky had the right combination of knowing when to throw, when to run. It got in his head. So the idea at a very rudimentary level is, is correct. You know, we want you to be a quarterback. But then it really wasn't because they took away what was last year one of the greatest things about him. And, like, like one of the better – running quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's not like Lamar Jackson type, but like go back to last year, some of the runs, the speed with which he runs, the Mm -hmm. elusiveness with which he runs, it's like it was stripped away from him this year until now. There's a lot of models that you can look at. You mentioned Brady. I keep thinking about Russell Wilson, who came into this league as a guy, and he was used so much running, and 
he has evolved, and slowly it has happened and taken place, and now he's paid like a, a great elite pocket-passing quarterback, and he can be that guy if he wants to. But to limit him in year two would have been idiocy by Pete Carroll and Daryl Bevel and those guys. That would have been really foolish to say, okay, immediately stop what you're doing instead of letting him develop. So we've got a double failure here in, for, from Matt Nagy um, and I think Ryan Pace in the thought process here, which is A, not reading the player it's himself and allowing him to evolve in a linear way, develop in a linear way, and two, failing to realize the moment – your defense is so good. You have you have Khalil Mack. You have all these pieces. You went out and signed Allen Robinson. You've got all these pieces. This is not the moment for your project to transform your quarterback. It's your moment to get as most you can out of wherever the hell he is right now and win with him as opposed to because you've successfully transformed him. One of the things that Matt Nagy said from the beginning was it could take three to five years to perfect this offense. Why are you doing that now? (laughs) You've got a window that's – you're 12-4 and with a great defense. Exactly, and it is. It is. As much as we discuss the offense, it is still all about the defense and the window that exists with it for, what, maybe two more years after this in terms of keeping all the players together and the youth on their side and all that kind of thing. It really is about complementing a championship defense with a competent offense and maybe, maybe even an offense that is really good if they they do it right with the plays that Mitchell Trubisky wants, and it appears that they have that now with having taken chapters out of the playbook. You guys are seeing it, what they're doing with J.P. Holtz right now and actually using tight ends, um, Horstead out there, doing good things. So it, it is a an extremely simplified offense, but it just took a long time for Matt Nagy to accept it. He didn't want this to be the truth, and it is. I think we all need T-shirts to say we are all Jesper Horstead. <laughs> I want us all to be Jesper Horstead. Hashtag Horstead. Horstead. Princeton. The idea that Matt Nagy woke up finally <clears throat> after costing the team whatever games he did, but most notably Green Bay, which is a huge bit of stubbornness on his part. The the fact that they you know they, maybe they got a playoffs hope playoff hopes maybe they don't their defense is now taking hits i only hope this bodes well for next season when suddenly a division championship would be in play home field for playoffs would be in play because you wouldn't be as stupid and as stubborn the part about bu doesn't we discussed earlier speaks and i just doesn't allow for flexibility Maybe until it's too late. And this feels like it's too late, though there are percentage chances that it's not. Mm. And I don't know if if the team obviously feels different because they always, hey, we'll play the next game. We'll see where we are after the next game. The good news is maybe it's – you're probably right. The, Bear, the Bears are probably not going to the playoffs this year. The good news is maybe it's not too late to have <laughs> saved the offense. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm talking about the window that still exists, that maybe it's not too late to have saved Mitchell Trubisky. And that is undeniably good news. The easiest way, the best way to get yourself into a playoff caliber or championship caliber team is for this to work out and not have to, like, scrap it. So it, even for those of us who f- three, four weeks ago said, Mitch is a bust, it's a disaster, it's over, 
And it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. It, 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 and when we're not sure that it's true yet, but it's okay. And that would be good for the organization to be wrong. It, it's also okay to not know. I was talking about this yesterday with Mac and Parco that it's it's okay to not know about Mitchell Trubisky. Like I feel like everybody feels like, and I get it. It's probably better to have a, a very succinct opinion. Mitch is a bust, or Mitch is going to be great. That's but, the line of work we are. I know, I know. But it's it's okay. To not know what that was against Dallas the other night. Mitchell Trubisky was terrific against Dallas the other night. What does that mean? Does that mean that he's going to be terrific going forward, that they have finally figured out that that was the aha moment that it clicked? Maybe, but maybe not. And then the other part, too, with when everybody was saying, okay, that, that's it for Mitch. Next year, you got to bring in other guys. And, yeah, you probably still do have to bring in other quarterbacks next year. But I'm sorry. It sounded awful, the things that we were talking about. And it still may be talked about, but bringing in – Andy Dalton and Cam Newton and other guys. Marcus that, Mariota. Oh, it just sounded horrid. And then even Marcus Russell. More, no, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Steve DeBerg. <laughs> Very good at play action, though. Steve DeBerg. That's one, true. Right? One of, That's the best, true. one of the best ever. Oh, I do love me some play action. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it sounded awful. And even people were saying, and I and I I said it at the time. People saying, "Oh, Chase Daniel should figure finish the rest of the season, or let's give Tyler Bray a look." No, 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 no. No matter what has happened with Mitchell Trubisky this year, he has always been way better than both of those guys, and has given you a much better chance to win on a weekly basis. And Tyler Bray is not good enough to be the backup quarterback on the Bears. No. So the decision that they have to make is whether to pick up his option or not. And I had wanted clarity so desperately by the end of this year on how you felt. About about him because oftentimes that option year is used as leverage to sign the long-term extension at that point. So, but at this point, I would suspect they're going to pick up that option in March. You like that? I, I mean, it, it, if if Mitch plays, if two out of three are good of these games that are left for Mitchy Pooh, and and we're sitting here like, okay, yeah, no, we've seen some progress, and even against some decent teams. Yeah, I think you pick up the option, even though it's a large number for year five. It's, what, $24 million, I yeah. think. But you're not locked into long-term in case you decide he's not the answer. But Not a lot to lose. I, I think it's a no-brainer. I, I personally would pick up the option, and it's, it's possible that I'm basing it on what I saw with him against Dallas. And I don't know if that's okay because it's one game, and there are a lot of bad games this year for Mitchell Trubisky. But once things were simplified to to his powers, I always go back to the – to my to my Brett Favre comparison, I'm not saying that he's Brett Favre, but when Favre was with Mike Holmgren, Holmgren had a big plan for for his system. He had things he was going to do, and he was the you know heir apparent to Bill Walsh in terms of being a genius. And he did a lot of those things, but a lot of it was him going, "Oh my God, what is my quarterback doing? What is Brett Favre? like?" They 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 eventually catered to what Brett Favre did well, it's and called, a lot of cases that was taking chances and improvising. It's called coaching. Catering right. to what you're been playing. Known to you're right. Been that, known to happen. One of the advantages Mitch Trubisky will have this week, if Matt Nagy lets him be Mitch Trubisky, is that they're facing a horrible Green Bay defense, ranked 28th in the league. Adrian Amos and the Green Bay Packers. Well, but the, remember, let's go back to the the indictment that was as bad as Jay being Jay when we heard that from Charles Woodson. Just stand back there, Jay will throw you the ball. Was this year. We wanted Mitch to play quarterback. The revenge that's, game. This right. is it. And and Matt Nagy forced him to play quarterback when that's not what he does. And now they're going to have a running game. They're going to have Mitch running. They're going to have, I guess, an actual tight end who has to represent some kind of threat. 
And now they're going to have an actual offense as opposed to for the coach forcing a quarterback to be one-dimensional and think when he can't be one-dimensional and he's told us he doesn't want to think. This could be a watershed, even though Green Bay's got a bad defense, the fact that it's Green Bay would be a wonderful sign for what the Bears need to do. If not completely this year, then into next year and continue on. I want to see what the Bears did against Green Bay in the Matt Nagy debut where they marched down the field at Lambeau in that first game, God. right? Remember that? Like They only like, played a half. That was the gun. That was, might oh, as no, well I, have been Gary Croton the way they choked uh, this. The um, oh, no, no, no. Khalil Mack was eating Packers players. Just completely just swallowing footballs they and walking into the game. end zone. They choked in the second half. Damn it, you... I'm only talking about that first drive. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it was. They choked. It was right. a horrible ending. I'm Terrific. talking about I want to see that mix of run and pass and tight ends and receivers and then six points in the end zone. Like To me, I always go back to that drive because that was like, oh, my God, look at what are we seeing right here? And I get mm-hmm. it. Some of it was still the trickeration of Matt Nagy from early on, but it was like, I want to see that version of the Bears' offense working. And and you are right. There are some things they can exploit against Green Bay. I don't know what Green Bay's interest level is. Obviously, the Bears are properly motivated, and I think some of those things, which usually are just a, is a bunch of crap, that actually plays into it this week in terms of the, where the Bears are mentally. Well, we assume that Rodgers will be healthy and they will have won because they're playing the Redskins, but odd things have, have happened. Um, I'm just saying that the, that's where – that's assuming that's where the we will see the Bears going in with a little extra rest against the Green Bay team that will be coming off a win. And Green Bay does not have Randall Cobb, Bears killer. Randall and the Cobb. Bears do not I don't have know. Chris Conti, uh, Bears killer. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Rand- Randall Cobb is, it scares me probably disproportionately. No, that, that's has. that's because yeah. you're scarred by the play which shall not be named. Yeah, the, you know? the, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. But there's been a, don't, there, don't name it. Don't name okay. it. Randall Voldemort. Uh, unfortunately, there's been several. There was one last year at Lambeau too. Remember where yeah. it was a screen pass? And I think a, a safety breakdown for the another safety breakdown. Mm-hmm. For the Bears. But there's been many a Randall Cobb burn the Bears plays. Although he didn't burn the Bears, he, he plays for Dallas these days if you didn't know is grody sticking around for a while we have we have mark for a little while here why don't you he's sitting right next oh yeah to hey. you all right hold him? on steve hang on let me talk to mark hey mark are, are you sticking around um chris what do you think <laughs> should i do it should i do it chris would, chris would you call mitch and ask <laughs> yeah, yeah. him what he thinks all right well if grody's if, if, if Grody's sticking around let's come back and talk a little defense because there's there's one guy uh who's deserving of praise and another guy i think we're ready to to declare el busteru all mm. right and we want to come back and you and i it was our favorite play of the game. We'll discuss that nice. with Mr. Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Matt Spiegel. And over there is Mark Grody in studio this hour talking Bears Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And then I don't want to also take away from our defense how proud I am of them and the fact that throughout this whole season, um, they've played really lights out all year long. And not one time did they ever criticize or get, start pointing fingers to the offense for not producing early on. And now what's happening is you're seeing three phases come together and we're winning. And so that part is, what I, again, what I take from it. That there is Bears coach Matt Nagy speaking after his Bears defeated Dallas Thursday. Get above 500. See point we never thought we'd see again, frankly. 
Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckers, the WB Club, Rosenblum, Spiegel, and Mark Grody's in studio. We're talking Bears here, taking up till 2.30, where the score will broadcast the SEC Championship game right here on these here airwaves. We'll get back to talking about the Bears now. And Spiegel wanted to pay off his tease here about the defensive side of the ball. Um, props to Pierre-Louis. Pierre-Louis? KPL. KPL. Yeah. yeah, just call him KPL. Kevin, Kevin Pierre-Louis. Pierre-Louis. Um, for, for backing up and backing up and then filling in at multiple spots within the linebacker core now – and seemingly being effective both in coverage and in uh, in some short passing plays, and I believe getting pretty much the only pass rush sniffs by somebody other than Khalil Mack. There might have been one play where Roy Robertson Harris got in there, maybe two, but KPL getting in there, and I mean this is this is impressive to have guys playing at that depth level on your depth chart and being so effective. I got to give Chuck Pagano and give Ryan Pace credit for having guys on hand like him and like Kevin Tolliver and, in, in getting, getting the job done. Well, Kwiatkowski has been there for a while. Yeah, yeah he has. Um, but, but those, those two guys, especially Pierre Lewis, I thought was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis is a guy who, if I, I don't know if you could tell watching TV, but he is, what he has is speed. He is very fast and he's, he showed some instincts as well. Mm-hmm. I was, I was surprised about how effective he was in there, but you know, what, whatever they've got going, and maybe give some credit to the inside linebackers coach, Mark DeLeon, they have been really good at next guy up as far as the linebackers go. Roquan Smith, when he went down earlier this year, was out earlier this year, um, and Kwiatkowski stepped in. He was very good, and KPL was very good again. And here's a little thing, too. Maybe Rosenblum will appreciate this. Maybe Spiegel to some extent, but um, it's, it's a hockey thing, Spiegel. You'll understand. Gotcha. Don't, gotcha. Don't, don't be mad. No extent. Yeah. So Kevin Pierre-Lewis, he is leaving the locker room the other day. He puts on a, a Blackhawks jersey. He's got a Blackhawks jersey on. On the back of the jersey, it says Daly, D-A-L-E-Y, and there was a Blackhawks defenseman named Trevor Daly who yes. used to play for the Blackhawks. So I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Well, that'll <laughs> give you but, a, a jumping-off point it, to well, build a relationship. So Trevor Daly to, went to Pittsburgh. Yes, was what, important in winning a Stanley Cup for them. And okay, yeah, yeah. So Joe, there's Joe that. Joe Quenville wasn't a big fan. And, uh, oh, he wasn't. No, 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 Trevor Daly. Really. See you. See you. Remember? Do you remember Trevor? Daly? I do. You do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. He knows Jay Zawoski. He knows Trevor <laughs> Daly. That's a good. I have point. access to hockey thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I could text Jay at any time. I have, and by the way, speaking of that, I have. You're going to have to indulge me later on in the show. I there was a hockey thing that that brought me way back to my youth as a feckless Kings Ooh, fan. Why? And it involved Casa Vega, and it's just a wonderful thing that 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 hockey. The greatest hockey quote I ever saw was Gilbert Perrault. He said hockey is forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. <laughs> nice. And I'm going to add forecheck, backcheck, paycheck, name check, because this story is just wonderful. But we'll get to that in a moment. All right, good. It, it, the other half of my tease real quick is that I <laughs> yeah. think uh, it, it, is Leonard Floyd. Hello? Hello? <sighs> is he still a bear? He's a stick out there. He is so thin. And when your your best strength is that he helps set the edge, supposedly, for a guy you traded up to take at number nine, and <laughs> no, there's no—that's not a good. 
I do not see him in pass rush. I do not notice him making pressure. I see him going back, and he can run. Okay, but good athletes are very easy to find in the NFL. I'm severely disappointed in Leonard Floyd. I understand. I mean, he is like the Bears like him. They talk about the little things he does and the fact that he is effective and he's covering his space and all that kind of stuff. But he, they moved up in the draft to have him sack the quarterback, and he simply is not doing that. He had he made a splash this year to start the season against the Green Bay Packers when he had a couple of sacks in that game, and he had a tremendous second half of the season last year. He was one of the best Bears defenders in the second half of the year in terms of what he did and actually getting to the quarterback and forcing turnovers and things like that. But you're right, Matt. I mean, he, he is not doing what he was moved up to do and what he would hope to eventually get paid for, mm. and that is to bring down the quarterback. I think he's, you know, he, he is a, he's a guy who I think is going to still have a long career in the National Football League, but they're going to have to make a decision on him, too. They did pick up the option, but do you extend Leonard Floyd at some point in time? The way they talk about him, they, they would, but, you know, that's coaching hyperbole discussion a lot of times. Um, I'm not sure what they're thinking in that regard, but you're right. I mean, you, we watch Leonard Floyd to see him sack the quarterback, and he hasn't done that. Talking Bears with Mark Grody in studio here, Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We, um, we while talking about the defense and the every expectation that Keem Hicks is going to play, going to come back, and you saw, you saw how important he was, especially to Khalil Mack and how important he might be again. So handicap the situation for us. What What's legitimate, honest to expect? And what was he, because he's had kind of a, I, I don't know what he had said this week and what he had led you to believe, led the media to believe, every expectation he'll be back, and what can we expect? I think he will be back. If I had to put the the word on it, I would say, Probable yes. okay. to, to to be safe, just to protect myself. All right. But I do think that he's going to play. I think the the interesting part was that last week he practiced and there was no designation on him. They didn't put limited or anything like that. So he was allegedly actually, full practices. Didn't say uh, allegedly, limited participants. Uh, allegedly full practices, and I have to believe that he he probably wasn't exactly full force with contact and all that kind of stuff. But they did not go out of their way to designate anything. The way that Akeem Hicks was speaking, he definitely plans to to be back. It sounded like he felt like a guy who would have been healthy enough to have played this past week against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So everything points to, yes, he's going to be able to play. And the fact that they beat the Cowboys, I think, clinched that Hmm. just just to to keep them alive. And, you know, the the deal is, too, is he'll he'll go in, he'll start the game, and if if it doesn't feel right, he'll, he'll get out. So they'll protect themselves. It's exciting. It's exciting because the presence of Akeem Hicks um, has, I think, meant more than than even we thought. Yep. You know, even just, for a guy who was a, a Pro Bowl. Yeah. 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 Some, somehow, and we, we, he's the kind of guy that you think only the hometown appreciates him, but he got national recognition, mm-hmm. and now his absence, unfortunately, is what show, is showing you how his value is. How? What? What happened? Were there defensive adjustments, Mark Grody? Because I believe it was nine carries for 73 yards for Zeke Elliott in the first half. Yeah, and how about that first drive, man? I know. So nine carries it's for 73. It's still going on, by the way. And, the, and, <laughs> then, first... and then, then I think he was under 20 yards the rest of the way. Like, they just – I know they went away them. from it a little bit, um, as, as Kellen Moore is prone to do. But was there an adjustment that was made? Because I was terrified early on. Yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy talked about it at halftime. You know, we get a chance to talk to him, and he said that that 
that was one of the big areas they had to make some – they didn't say specifically what they did, but they said that the, that they recovered from that was maybe the most important part of the game because mm. that was scary what Dallas did on that first drive in terms of mixing the run yeah. with the pass. And it's interesting. I was going to bring that up too because that that is one of the things that – not on Akeem Hicks's watch that that kind of thing would not have happened, especially the runs that existed. I would even say that that – a key mix probably affected even last week's early start for Detroit, and I get it; those were bombs to Kenny Galladay, and then on the other side for Detroit as well. But there, there have been some. Even though the Bears' defense has been good this year, they haven't been elite. There's no way you could put the elite tag on them, and I think that that's because Akeem Hicks hasn't been there. There's just certain things that you're like, oh, my God, I never thought the, thought the Bears' defense would allow that, that they have, and I think that has something to do with Hicks. This hour is brought to you by the Illinois Secretary of State's office. Visit www.realid.ilsos.gov. And the bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. One week from tonight, join the Chicago Wolves for Star Wars Night at Allstate Arena. Ticket packages include a laser saber. Visit chicagowolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. Um, Rosie, there was a great moment pregame. I was watching on NFL Network. It was before the national pregame show started, and I was it was Melissa Stark and Michael Irvin and Joe Thomas and Steve Smith. I think sitting around on their little their little stage that he had. It was on the field. I'm sure you saw it there, mm-hmm. Mark. They were on the field, and they had a cameraman with a handheld camera watching Eddie Pinheiro warm up. And so they're talking about Eddie Pinheiro. And they cut to the shot of the cameraman right behind Eddie Pinheiro. And he proceeds to take a practice kick, looked about 40 yards, and he missed it by about 20 yards to the left. (laughs) As they're talking about him. It's like the guy they pulled out of the stands just to give win a million dollars, kick a field goal. I'm telling you, this moment, like they're talking about him. They show him. (laughs) He misses it. Immediately, Irvin and Smith and Thompson are like, oh, no, you, you jinxed him. You jinxed him. Eddie hears it, turns, looks at them, and they immediately go, oh, he's looking at us. He wants to, who said something? Who said something? It was unbelievable. And then Eddie looked down, and he's talking to the holders at O'Donnell. He's talking to O'Donnell, like, yeah, everything's okay, everything's okay. But it was so embarrassing. And then he actually made his kicks. Thank God he made his kicks, because if he hadn't missed, then then, then that would have come back. Yeah, absolutely. That would have come back a lot. And what if he, as you're telling the story, what if he had doinked it during that little TV thing? What if he hit it off the goalpost? Just perfect. That That's plain to script. By the way, the NFL Network, as you, if you're watching it and you're watching these NFL 100, the 100 greatest players, the the bits, the shows they're doing, have you seen these episodes? I haven't seen a lot. No. Well, you've never seen Bill Belichick like this. It, I, I, it, it's stunning. That Bill Belichick has a personality and the stories he's telling. I knew it. And a part of this. And I love these shows because you're seeing the best of the best. So it's always great. The great highlights. And they're they're talking up one another. So the one, one of the episodes is Lawrence Taylor, unquestionably one of the 100 greatest players. The, defined that position, changed the game, all that. Bill Belichick is his defensive coordinator on the Giants. And he's telling the story with LT on set. Telling this story about night before a game. They have a team meeting, team meal, then they split up offense, defense, they go to the meetings. So LT's late coming to the defensive meeting that Bill Belichick is presiding over. <laughs> and he walks in about seven minutes late, everybody sees it, and they just carry on. And so Bill Belichick goes to Parcells after the everything's done and says, I gotta tell you, um, LT was late late for the meeting. 
And Bell, Parcells looks at him and says, why'd you start the meeting without him? Nice. Yeah. That's <laughs> the, you know what? That's and the right Bill answer. And is telling this and laughing. And it's like, oh, my God, this is great. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk more Bears with Mark Rohde in studio. An offensive play that so much went right and so much progress was shown Spiegel and I both circled this as like the play of the game. We'll run it by Grody next. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel with you Saturday Suckage in studio. Mark Grody yeah. talking Bears. Top of the hour, we'll talk with Jim Margallis of Sox Machine. Talk about what the Sox did, didn't do, what they might do. And um, and we'll take you up to 2.30, bonus suckage. We take you up to the SEC championship game right here on these very 670-score airwaves. So um, do you know the weather report in Green Bay? Does Gene have to take you – does Gene Grody have to take you out, buy you more clothes? Does she think you need more clothes? Or will you be well-protected going up to the tundra? And by the way, don't say frozen tundra because that's redundant. Tundra, by definition, is frozen. Good call. Go it's not, it still sounds better when you say frozen yeah. tundra, though. Just because John Facenda said it, and he's the voice of God. Yeah, right, right. Okay, moving right So along. Jean has prepared me with the tools. She has done all she can do. It is now up to me to dress myself properly. It is it like your animals? Did she match numbers where you just put the numbers together? All, <laughs> you know, if it's cold, we're all the ones together. There are lots of hats and gloves that are numbered <laughs> and scarves. My, my mom, like her... Her thing has always been like the scarf because, well, you know, that scarf, it really, it adds an extra layer of warmth. You know, the scarf is very underrated because people forget to wear their scarf. It really, it makes a difference wearing the scarf. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll be prepared. Like I said, the tools are there. I have not looked at the forecast for the tundra, but one would have to assume that it's going to be cold. So mm-hmm. I will act accordingly. By the way, the scarf note, because you can never have enough scarf notes. There's a comedian named Ray DeVito who tweeted out, I don't care if you're male or female. If you wear a scarf indoors, I assume you're the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. Yeah. So retweet- Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. That's it. Chris Barron retweeted, in my case, this is definitely true. He's the lead singer of the Spindoctors. <laughs> nice. That's fantastic. Yes, you're going to like that. That okay. or you're a poet or a director or, yeah. So there was there was a play in the game that Spiegel and I both circled. Yes, please. And and it was, Spiegel described it very well, so I will um, defer to him going back to the what would result in Anthony Miller's glorious moment. Yeah, the Anthony Miller touchdown on the, the screen pass uh, to the right side. Um, it's an RPO. It's a run pass option. The line is run blocking, so that's what happens a lot of times on those RPOs. And so Trubisky immediately sees, I believe the key is a linebacker who is coming inside and filling up the box. And he realizes, oh, okay, so the math tells me to do this, to get it to Anthony Miller. And instead of bothering to fake the run or instead of bothering to give, like, one more additional moment of possible confusion and trickeration, he just takes the snap, immediately turns and fires it perfectly in rhythm to Miller, who has space to get the yards after the catch and get into the end zone. So great. And the the ferocity with which Anthony Miller runs when he catches the ball, when he has it, – it's something to see. And we're starting to finally see it. Yeah, that guy are. is so – like you weren't going to stop him from getting into the end zone. 
Um, there, there is that play. That was a great play. And then there's another Anthony Miller play that I loved, and that was the the score, the all important touchdown they had at the end of the first half, where you get hopefully the two. For, well, they did end up getting the two for one because they scored in the third quarter as well. But there was that 21 yard pass to Miller where. Mitchell Trubisky strung it in between two defenders. It was kind of like a no! Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And Miller catch. I mean, it was a great. Unbelievable I mean, throw. You could not have put it in a, in, in a different place. It was the fastball. And it, it's funny because it wobbled a tiny bit. It wasn't a perfect spiral, but that is, has to be as hard as we've seen him throw oh, a pass. Oh, absolutely. And then that leads to the eight-yard touchdown pass to Allen Robinson, 17-7 Bears at halftime. So overall, the, it's, the Miller play, yes, please, also included wide receiver blocking. Yes, that was terrific. Cordell yes. Patterson, who is big, the big body does a lot of things. I wish the Matt Nagy knew that the big body would allow him to catch passes. But for now, the blocking on that play that 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 allowed that the ferocity of his running, yes. and the throw by Trubisky was absolutely was just. It was a, it was a wonderful play because it was the RPO and he had threatened the run and and then he would rip off twenty three yards later for the touchdown he'd make the right read. It was that was a a, a terrific play that the res, Robinson res, catch. No, no 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 oh, the, okay. the Miller TD. I was going to go back to that because oh, 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 okay. it resounded yeah. for what this team might get back to and getting back to circling back to the start of this discussion. The the Russell Wilson mentioned is that. If you have that kind of defense, you had the, the Bears version of Legion of Boom. You know, all you want is a quarterback to do what he can do best so the defense doesn't have to do everything. And that you tried to change the quarterback. This is just some of the horrific coaching of trying to make of paying no attention to the team in front of you and the game in front of you and the quarterback in front of you. The idea is to win the Super Bowl. You're not going to win it by making your quarterback go back to school, do what he does best. And that's what they're getting back to now. See if it's too late. I, the st- probabilities tell you it is too late for this year, but that's why I'm hoping it bodes well for next year. This is just what Mitch Trubisky is going to do. Don't make him think, put him on the run, give him a choice to run or pass. Mm-hmm. And his guys seem to get open. And Olin Krutz has been on the score talking about, the way he sees, and basing it on what he sees other Bears players saying about the leadership Mitch has shown, the the his carriage, the his status, the factor he has become in that way, and and the way he is looked at by other players, some of it always seemed like the the playing the psychology game, trying to talk him up, trying to blow smoke up his ass, but. Olin seems to be buying it, and I'll buy what Olin is selling for the moment. And I think that's a terrific sign because that's a quarterback who he told you what he wanted, and Matt and Matt Nagy finally listened, right? Absolutely. And I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but another play to that end is that in the fourth quarter, right before the the Trubisky twenty three yard touchdown uh-huh. run, the play to Allen Robinson. <laughs> where it's it's somebody get the hell open. You know, the play is broken. It's somebody get and, – and that's where Mitch is at his best when it's just, the play is broken down. There's some degree of improvising. Find a guy, and again, he finds Allen Robinson in traffic. You know, it's not the, the greatest place for Allen Robinson because he takes a pretty good hit when he catches it. 
But that's just the kind of thing that we hadn't seen much this year. And that ultimately makes it, oh, I think that was a third down play. I mean, I think it keeps the drive alive. And then, then Trubisky goes speeding into the end zone. I forgot my favorite, my other favorite play. Yeah. I had another one. That's what we're doing right now, favorite plays. We're breaking it down big time. The screen, the tight end screen. Oh, JP. It, because that, that, that looked like Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz in the Andy Reid scheme, um, the, which is now the Doug Peterson scheme, that was so beautifully set up and perfectly timed. And where has it been? Mm. I mean, you watch Kansas City and, and the success they have. So often it is set up schematically on little things like that. It doesn't have to be a great throw by Pat Mahomes. It doesn't you have know to what be. scares me is the way you're bringing that up, that we talked about this earlier, that Matt – Matt Nagy doesn't have a system as much as he's got a loose leaf binder of really cool plays he's uh-huh. drawn up on cocktail napkins. Right. But that was actually part of a system that was setting up doing something forever you, early in the game to set up one moment. Absolutely. And you know what it's an, it's an extension of being able to run the ball because you're selling yes. you're selling whatever your offensive linemen end up being good at. You know, so like if they're good at at, at something and then you, you sell that and then you can deke people like that. So it's part of the play action and it's part of it's part of the whole thing of actually having a defense have to believe that you might actually just run the ball and, instead. And let us not leave out the Cordero Patterson 33 yard ah. catch and run which led to the Miller touchdown. With a Euro step. With a Euro step. That was a Manu, a Manu like Ginobili <laughs> Euro step. I like that. It was. I hadn't heard it Look put at that it. way. Because like he, so he, he, he puts the right foot in the ground and then cuts back yes. right. Right foot in. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay, can, can uh, I think uh, all of Bear Nation wants to know this, my friend. Yeah, Bears. Cornelius Lucas. What? Not Cornelius Washington. No. Cornelius remember Cornelius Lucas. Washington? Washington. Yeah. I remember all the Washingtons. So... Give us the four one one the dossier Cornelius Lucas. Uh, hey, 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 you know what? Hey, here's the thing: hey. when your starting right tackle is hurt, and he has been a couple times this year, Bobby Massey, and you could you can depend on a guy to come in and comport himself well. That's that's a really good sign because typically. NFL rosters depth at the offensive line, like step in and play. That's a really difficult task. So Cornelius Lucas, when called in for injury duty because of Massey or being the extra blocker because the Bears are caring about the run game, he's been really good. He's been really impressive. You know, he's not a guy that you've had to really circle or say much about because he's been doing his job. And I think that's a luxury to have on a on a on a NFL roster, a competent backup offensive lineman. But the here here's the interesting thing. That that the Charles Leno was the only offensive lineman at the position in which he started the season for the Bears. The other four either weren't here, or we, in the case of Daniel uh, James Daniels and um, and Cody White here, mm-hmm. they swap positions. They switch. They switch the samples. So you don't. Leno is the only guy still at the position that in which the Bears decided he was going to start the season on their offensive line. You got Rashad Coward and uh, Rashad Coward playing where Kyle Long. Used to be, and now you've got Bobby Massey's replacement, Cornelius Lucas, and it's like they're doing. They're looking better. They're looking more. They look like a, a multi. They can multitask. Yeah, they can, they're not one dimensional. They're not stupid. Well, and give the Bears coaching staff credit on that. That sometimes you want to stick to what you thought was going to be the the configuration, and they they made the switch. They made the change with James Daniels and. Um, 
and Cody White here, they figured out that they just couldn't keep Kyle Long on that line. That was a tough decision, too. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was not just a throwaway decision to put him on IR. And then to trust uh, Rashad Coward. And if you'd like to sound smart with your friends, it's actually Rashad Coward. Oh, boy. Yeah, just so everybody knows, we've, I've, th- that is confirmed now. My God. You know Rashad me? or Rashad? I can't, I can't it adjust. Is, I know there's it is, no it is Rashad. I'm the one that brought everybody, you know uh, Bradley Sowell. I, I trust me. It is because I thought it was Rashad at first, too, but from the horse's mouth, Rashad. it is Rashad. Rashad Coward. Yeah. So give the I'm, man his ad. Give I, him his Chicago accent. It's Rashad Coward. I, re- I, re- I refuse. I refuse I know, to adjust. I know. I know. Yeah. You know, Cordero. Using a man his name. It's Rashad. Cordero Patterson is, is a fascinating player to me because he was. He was kind of considered to be a bust as a wide receiver, yes. drafted so high, and found his effectiveness as a returner, and then obviously became malleable with Belichick. And now you see, him, see him there as a, as a receiver again, and it was like, oh, wait a minute, maybe they should, you know, in the absence of uh, Javon Wims, I don't know what that injury is going to be. It's like he's okay, like it's not as bad as that we was thought. scary. It looked horrible. Yeah, and then uh, how about Riley Ridley's first uh, first reception in the NFL? He my takes a step backwards, and his shoe explodes oh, geez, and falls shoe. off. Yes. Well, that, I, that was ugly. Yes, but, so but, when he switches shoes, he'll have a new sneaker commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so but Cordero has he lost a little weight? He looks a little thinner. Um, I have not noticed quicker. that myself. Maybe he has, mm. uh, but yeah, he's some, you know who his comp is. I don't know why my brain went here when you said that I'll because. Take it. Jamal Crawford. Why Jamal Crawford? <laughs> Jamal Crawford, who was supposed to be a star. Like, Jamal oh, right, right, Crawford right. of the Chicago Bulls was drafted yes. in the top 10, I want right, to say, maybe right. top five even. And so it takes a while to but, go yeah. from top 10 bust to really nice value player. Right, a six man of the year, <laughs> yeah. uh, an all star. And fair. that's Cordero Patterson. That's he fair. is. Cordero Patterson is a Pro Bowl. He was a special teams player of the right. month. Talk about a guy who runs with ferocity. I talked about that with Anthony Miller. Cordero Patterson. You know what, Cordero? People forget Cordero Patterson might be the fastest runner on the Chicago Bears. I know that's he's the so thing. fast and the power that I mean he's a big muscular dude. Good football. So player. he really is. He he has found his place in the NFL, and I'm glad that he's on the Bears. He is he is with the Bears next year, and it's nice to see him contributing on offense too every once in a while. So what did the did you where were you when Roquan Smith? Ended his season. Oh. Where, did you have a view of it? Did you have a see? The, I didn't see it happen. I, I don't even. I don't even know where it happened because he stayed in. Apparently, dude stayed finished in for, a drive with a torn. Pump. I know. Right. Like three That's or four. When, so, I, so he, here's what I saw. He he comes over to the injury tent. I, I watched him going there, and I'm like looking at. It. I'm like, there doesn't seem to be any discernible issue with him. So then you start to get scared that it's a concussion because a lot of times if they're not favoring a body part, sometimes they're just doing a head check. But I didn't see the independent doctor go in there, and that's the guy that has the red hat on. That's what distinguishes him from everybody. So I'm like, really, what's going on here? He spends about 30 seconds in the tent and then runs out like he's okay, but his running was to the locker room, so I'm still confused. Like, <laughs> why, why is he able – why does he look so good? There's no way that was concussion protocol – so and then it that and then it becomes the the pectoral issue and Matt Nagy two straight days now has just said it doesn't look good as in I would think that he's he will miss the Green Bay game I I'll, I will go on a limb and guarantee that it's just a matter of whether he returns at all this season. Sorry, guys. This segment is brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras, plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. Mark, thanks for coming in. 
Mark Rohde in studio. It's been time has flown. It's a pleasure to have you. My in pleasure. Jingle bash tonight, everybody. Jing- oh, this is what uh, you want to tell Gene Grody get yeah. approves of this it's big big night tonight. Going to see Katy Perry, oh. and I'm bringing my. I'm bring- right. the, the check divas, me out. My I'm, diva is very jealous. I'm bringing my nieces as a cover. Because <laughs> I don't like Katy Perry. That's the best. It's my niece's 10 years That's the younger. best. Absolutely. I remember so when she, this is why Gene Grody approves of it? Because you're taking... Because I'm taking my little nieces. I remember of course, I, she's probably Are worried. you guys dressing as Left Shark at all? <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. All right. I remember when Zootopia came out. I was like, can I borrow somebody's kid? <laughs> exactly. I, I, I hear great. it's good. I'd like to it take your great. kid to the movies. Yeah. All right. So that I doesn't was, go over well. Yeah. understand. Thanks, Mark. We'll See take a break. When we come back, the White Sox are active in free agency. Wanted to be more active. They were told not so fast. We'll discuss that next. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 